Hi, Jeremy. Hello, Raphael. What's going on? What is going on? Well, actually, didn't you just get back from LA? Yeah, 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 I did. And um, it was really fun. We had a lot of tacos and Asian food and mm-hmm. had some meetings. And uh, now I'm back here and then I'm going to the Netherlands tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Yeah. That's a good thing, good thing we're meeting today. If, if, if our listeners are wondering if this episode sounds a bit stiff, uh, we had a few email <laughs> comments from users saying that I interrupt Jeremy too much and Jeremy realizes that he talks a lot. So now we're both very cautious in talking. I mean, it is a talking podcast. I, <laughs> so, and, I, and I think like, I mean, everyone is given the opportunity to analyze our conversation. They're almost, there's almost like... like yeah, a there's world. a record of it. Yeah. <laughs> but there's like, yeah, and there's like a world of like scientists or ethnographers monitoring our speech styles and analyzing it. Yeah, but but I, I've I grew up with a family where we would all talk very lively at the table, and if you didn't interrupt, you were just ignored. Mm-hmm. No, I grew up in the same family. But as I was explaining yeah. to you earlier, working in like sort of startup culture with these big group collaboration meetings, you get really good at like making it seem like you're not interrupting someone you're just sneaking, you're just sneaking in you're like indiana jones you're just sneaking yeah, under yeah, that yeah. sneaking under the the door yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like hmm i haven't said anything in half an hour i wonder why exactly you just did a good job there where you're like yeah 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 that's a great technique interesting yeah you got to make that preemptive but, uh, sound i also think whenever you have a tactic you're like okay i'm gonna pay attention i'm gonna stop interrupting people after 10 minutes you just become your old self again you can't there's, mm. there's no way of, i don't know but it is actually really important because uh what it does if if you interrupt someone they feel like they're not being listened to yeah uh, that you're just waiting to get your point in so i think it can seem as if you're less <laughs> sympathetic or less empathetic. Yeah, and, and you know. I think I also played that role in this podcast. I'm, I'm less sympathetic, <laughs> so if it's yeah. you've become like uh yeah, your images <laughs> become like sort of that of like I don't know like a like a like a movie star cowboy kind of like conservative, <laughs> even though that's not you at all. <laughs> you're no, like Ronald no. Reagan. But you're, you're always the one who's like, no, let's make it work. Everybody has to have a chance. And I'm like, no, an artist should be in his own room ignoring the world. And uh, I know you're doing that for the benefit of um, No, I also believe that. But, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> My dreams have been just I mean, it, it, we were talking about it, was it in the last episode where you said you're so busy because you work a lot with people, but then... I listened to a podcast that you did, uh, a business podcast, and you were interviewed. Oh no, you listened to that. Yeah, <laughs> of course. But no yeah. one listens to these things. Yeah, but uh, then I realized that's your big, uh, you love working with teams. I've just spent a lot of, a lot of time uh, analyzing and like working on building teams that work efficiently yeah. and are happy. And yeah, it's something I think a lot about because my job is a lot happier if I do it well, I th- do that thing well. And people you know? do better work when you take them seriously. <laughs> well, yeah, no, people do. Anyway, that's a, there's a whole podcast on that topic. I think oh, yeah. it's like, it's a weird, S- the SME strategy podcast or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's uh, a strategy yeah. of coddling people and being empathic, and there's a strategy of do or die sort of Lord of the Flies environment. Well, in startup culture, it's interesting because you're often, um, it's like you have to, everyone has to feel really happy working really quickly. I think this is a good segue (laughs) for this week's topic because we're talking about nice work environments. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's actually a huge part of startup culture, I think, because the pressures are pretty high. Um, but even like in tech in general, because the IP or the intellectual property you have is very like, it's just like, it's virtual, it's ephemeral, it's bits, right? And you're also and anyway- surrounded by really smart people all the time. And if you don't, if you're not comfortable in your own skin, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, it's in high school, you're, you're, you're in a group of people that might be all walks of life, at least in my high school, it was like all kinds of people. But then all of a sudden you're in a startup and everybody is really good at math, everybody's really clever, everybody's really up to date on culture and politics and mm-hmm. and it it's almost like that feeling you had in high school of, oh, I'm the the cultural one or the the smart one or whatever mm. it, those rules don't apply and all of a sudden everybody's a genius it's funny that you it. say that actually because we have this saying in our company which i i don't like to share publicly but i will anyway but and i'm <laughs> curious if people in other startups have the same one which is this trough of despair but like when you start the company you're usually coming in you're like the best in some of what place. you do that's yeah, why you got hired yeah like i've hired and i hire a lot of young people like that too who are top of their class or they like mm-hmm. they they organize the student exhibition they yeah they the might newspaper. have been the one who had the most initiative the most energy the yeah. most passion <laughs> yeah and then the and then but even on the other side like we'll hire like someone who's a vp at like such and such company or like director of this high crazy thing high performer at blackberry or something and the, anyway and then they arrive and it is an intense environment so you immediately feel like you're worthless <laughs> you know yeah. for like for three months while you're learning things and trying to get into the culture and stuff like that and it's really unfortunate actually i always feel really bad about it but i haven't really found a way around it outside of being super supportive during that time but people are often uh in that in that yeah. context and this is regardless of uh, whether it's technology or like going from a choir boy to becoming a pope and there's a whole trajectory and every time you're in a group of more ambitious people, mm-hmm. or whether it's sports or in, all, in like any any field of human activity, yeah, the base of the next mountain. You're always yeah. like it's yeah. the next base camp. Anyway, but it is the seg- why did you think it was a segue? I, well, I, I, I think the segue is interesting because in Silicon Valley, there's all these groups of really smart people. I think objectively, mm-hmm. they are they have high IQ. We can say they're smart. But they might not be the most socially aware and empathic people but they're probably highly intelligent yeah I think and these like people low, are low emotional uh, intelligence it can be yeah. we could probably safely say that but they're shaping our world mm-hmm. and so we're going to talk about amazon today the uh, loved and hated company um <laughs> who's been in the but, news like every week for the last three weeks or but they're, or they're shaping a world where the the roles of humans uh, um you basically only need smart people that's uh, that's your th- that's Amazon's thesis. <laughs> no, but <laughs> yeah. it, it, that's that's the logical outcome because if if a lot of menial tasks can be automated, the mm. other tasks that remain, you need higher and higher education to do them. Well, I mean, when I think of Amazon, I do definitely think of their um, you know the origins of like disrupting uh, booksellers and stuff like that. Yeah, but already the choice of books is 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 different than. Uh, Sports or entertainment. Books is already kind of an elitist. Uh, but they way, the way they won against books, is, they're actually, it wasn't about book selling. It was about online retail and honestly, the logistics of delivering. And every startup now, the huge startup says they're a logistics company, but it's it's interesting to, to unpack that word and what it means. Do you know how um, they exactly started? Like, was it a, a physical bookstore at any point or was it immediately online? 
it was immediately online and that was viewed as their advantage but like and were they were they a, a reseller of other resellers or first they sold everything out of their own warehouse um, they were from very early on yeah interested in building their own like like retail I oh, sorry their own uh, their own distribution networks and Bezos had this like you know mission to deliver but it was like deli- Uber in that sense like yeah they, they didn't have any physical they were a meta seller no ironically now they have a physical bookstore I think in Seattle but they also uh, have a lot of warehouses but I mean did they start without actual physical inventory and just connecting customers to existing stores no no they started with their own physical inventory if you go okay. back to like 98 99 when they sort of emerged um might have been sooner than i didn't I, my I, my image of of uh, um amazon starting is always connected to starbucks somehow and like friends and the 90s and i just imagine big warehouses with big coffee cups and people <laughs> laughing and <laughs> oh no so their warehouses are famous for uh but like the beginning horrible talk- places to work oh yeah, but but i'm even- about the beginning like what they would really like, like that to do Rachel and Ross would be working there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was, it was ever. It was never like that. They've always had a reputation. So over the last decade, two decades actually, there's been consecutive stories about how Amazon is such a cruel environment to work mm-hmm. in. Because not only because there's high intensity, but also if you're in the lower echelons, like in the warehouse that they have an unprecedented level of monitoring and like control, and they do scientific studies. They it's basically all about do, efficiency, not about empathy. Yeah, like so, and it's and it's funny. I they apparently do like uh, face tracking, like they do computer vision, and they like time and motion studies so that they're monitoring like if you're moving or not, and if you're not moving, you get like a score at the end of the day, and it's like, <laughs> oh, you weren't moving enough, and so the workers complain about having feeling like they can never stop even just like moving around. I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to know also uh, through the press lens what's. Uh, I, I don't want to say what's true or what's not true, but there's such well, a high incentive to find faults that it, you get so much response as a journalist if you find that a company's doing bad stuff. It, and that if a company does well, it just doesn't mm-hmm. get as much clicks. Like if you, for example, I think Starbucks has really good benefits for their employees, even if they're part-time. Mm. But I don't think a scoop like that will generate as much buzz as finding out that the Amazon warehouse is face tracking people and if they're sad they get fired or whatever well i was kind of horrified by the amazon thing but then i was talking to uh like a, to, an, to an executive about this and i was like mentioning it's like ridiculous amazon but then he was he was like oh but that's just like he reminded me that's just taylorism that's time in motion studies and that actually started at the turn of the last not the last turn turn of the last century so like in the night early the 1900s the turn of the last century. No, no, Taylorism. Oh, Taylorism, yeah. So Taylor was uh, like kind of a famous for bringing scientific method to um, to work studies, okay. and, which is the basis of like, I've talked about lean and other things in this podcast, mm-hmm. but it really started like almost like 150 years ago, people started to like study how people were moving, A, the, how long it took to do things, but then how they were actually moving. Remember when we were talking about McDonald's in a previous podcast yeah, too? Yeah. That was actually like just an update to Taylor. The symphony, that was in the movie that founded it, the symphony of efficiency. Like yeah. there's, there's something very exciting about efficiency because you have this very objective goal and people like goals. So they're like, Okay, we have this conveyor belt. At what speed do people start making mistakes? And you're timing mm-hmm. it. And there must be something really fun about optimizing it. And that might a lot of times be to the detriment of the workers. But it's more for the, for the designer of the process, it's like a game. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's funny because I have to, <laughs> when I realized like I do that with creative process in my day job, I was like, hmm, maybe I'm not better than Amazon. <laughs> you know, like, no, and maybe you know. the, the thing when you're designing creative process, you're like, oh, we need bean bags and we need video games because they'll, <laughs> they'll have better output, but you're basically doing the same thing. It just happens that happiness uh, is, is more rewards in actual money yeah. and efficiency. No, happiness is important to creativity. So I think in yeah, Amazon's case, and it's not case, important like, to a warehouse. <laughs> apparently, like they have really deplorable conditions. Like I've heard about tent cities that like are, are like people can't afford or don't have time to go home because they're not paid enough, and they end up mm -hmm. in tents outside of the warehouse. But that's why they want to replace. You know, it's half robotic in the warehouse, but they yeah. want it to get to become full robotic. But can we can we talk about uh, last time? Uh, or some of the episodes we always talk about the downsides of things and I think if you only talk about the downsides you don't understand why that company exists oh I was I meant ten cities are like camping <laughs> camping resorts <laughs> free camping uh, free, free camping. every day <laughs> no but it, 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 so it's almost like everything behind the screens is terrible but then the, the, the customer side is so much better than traditional retail Well, I mean, let's talk about let's talk about the early days. So, did you used to go to did books like people always romanticize bookstores? Yeah, I fun to, to go to. I think bookstores were a thing. If I would visit a city and you have some time to kill, you go to mm -hmm. a bookstore. But do you even remember near the like as bookstores were declining, they were like they were already on their way out of being bookstores. Like you would go to a bookstore, they'd be like these. 10 story things and they'd be like a coffee shop there'd be mm. like some kind of a theater production going on a book signing there'd be an event I think space. that was a very American thing and uh, mm -hmm. I think the bookstores in the Netherlands were never that big where it was like oh we have five layers of there's sushi and there's a circus for kids and <laughs> but it reminded me so much of what the Apple store is trying to do like have you seen the new design for Apple stores no they're instead of a genius bar now they have a <laughs> I can't even say it. I can't, it's so ridiculous. They have a genius grove. <laughs> Is that what they're going to call it? They, yeah, they hang out among these like little these orange trees. <laughs> that are maybe hey, they're apple up? trees. Yeah. Yeah. Check out my shrubs. <laughs> But anyway, like, and they have this vision for it being this the town center, or like, like you know, the town, kind of the the meeting. It's place. very funny when you you come from the town center then you take all kinds of segues as society and then like 500 years later like that was pretty good let's go back to it yeah but let's do it in a mall yeah <laughs> like way far away from the center of the city but but basically um it, when organizations get really large it gets really easy to hide the sucky parts for the, c the customers like they don't see the things behind the the, mm. the curtain mm. And I think with small shops, if if it's more clear if the the person is sleeping in a tent next to the shop. That's true, right? Yeah. So authenticity in that we often talk about that actually in our software company too. Like you know, it's very inhuman to buy a book on Amazon.com, and then it's like even more inhuman that like the you know advertisements follow you around the internet. But that you but it might also be your a shopping cart. It, you so if you if you extrapolate this, and whether it's Amazon or any other player, but that. Let's say that in the future, 70 to 80% of all retail is online and it's just delivered. I think it might already be there. Yeah, but let's say it's going to get more because there's a lot of people who still have a habit of certain mm -hmm. things. I think 
a city is just completely going to transform where you just have certain boutiques to look at really expensive things and the rest is just cafes and co-working spaces and and delivery is all automated mm-hmm. it, it just has so, such huge implications i think it's very interesting because it gets us to question <clears throat> fundamentally why we design the cities the way we do so for because cities of are, years, are designed around shopping almost it feels like that's true. always the heart and, of the city and that's because you know like historically um the, you know the medieval town was built around the market and it, it was, was built around, around religion and commerce yeah 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 commerce exactly so we wouldn't really need to live close together historically unless it was to buy you know mm-hmm. fruits and vegetables and I, there was I, actually a logistics behind that as well I, I feel like uber is really easy to neglect when they do bad you're like okay i'll take a lift i mm-hmm. feel like amazon is everybody's like yeah Amazon's terrible and then they just go right back to it (laughs) (laughs) even you and I know how much you care about well-being and and then I ask you so do you use Amazon yeah yeah I do (laughs) (laughs) well I have a prime subscription and like sometimes I get the thing the same day and I have a very busy life so like I can cut that shopping errand out I'd be like I I, I just want to give an example as I said many times I live in Chinatown and it's very busy and there's a lot of small shops so I want to support the local shops. So I will need something from the drugstore. Let's say I need razor blades mm-hmm. for shaving. I'll go down. They don't have the type that I like. They just have these, the, the cheapest one, the $1 ones. Then I go to the next store. I went to four or five small shops, and they didn't have what I need. Then I'll go to a bigger uh, drugstore on Broadway, and they'll have what I need, but it was... I think I wanted Brita filters, and they were three times more than on Amazon. Mm. And that's not even a, a fun little company that I want to support. It's Dwayne Reed. It's a, yeah. I, I don't think there's such sweethearts. <laughs> uh, so it's Actually, not like... Because yeah. the small shops around me are really family-owned, and they really feel like, oh, I would really want to help them. But, but they don't have what I need, and yeah. really, three times more the price. So that if it was 20%, I'd be like, okay, I'll support a shop that still contributes to human interaction but well apparently like i think it's like one third of american the american workforce or maybe it's less maybe like 10 percent is in retail i know this number because i was looking up how many people are truck drivers as well yeah three and a half million and then there's an industry around them of like diners and garages and it's mm-hmm. yeah but but in the you know in the absence of the the retail sector has declined but the trucking industry has actually increased significantly because of delivery because of delivery online delivery yeah, yeah. um yeah i'm and, sure there's a lot of ups jobs yeah yeah there's like way more delivery like mm-hmm. every day there's but that's yeah. a matter of time until it gets automated uh, yeah yeah it's probably it, yeah everyone wants there's that company uh that uh, I think Uber now owns or Tesla no Uber owns it right Auto I think it's called or uh, it's a autom- autonomous truck company but yeah mm-hmm. the, the everyone says trucking will be the first thing to have like self driving because the economics I yeah, mean I can sat- go at night instead of during the day so you have less congestion yeah I sat next to a guy on a plane once who was a truck driver and I was like hey have you heard about these new uh, autonomous trucks he's like what are you talking about (laughs) I don't know if I I mentioned this there was Nokia the board of directors I met one of the people and they were not allowed to talk about the iPhone since it came out they're like no it doesn't exist well he he just hadn't heard about it and then he was like oh my god well (laughs) that's it I mean, that's the end of me. I mean, these guys, they're terrible already. They're already, like, so horrible to us. I mean, they're just going to, of course, they're going to bring that in. I'm going to be out of a job in no time. Like, he started, like, having a panic attack. Well, they're going to be security guards on the trucks, I guess. 
Um, oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah, because I if just, if I always yeah, think yeah. of self-driving cars are just programmed; they can never hit a human being. Mm-hmm. So if you want to rob a truck at night in the highway, you just stand on the highway, wait till one stops, and then mm-hmm. you just open it. Oh yeah, you've had a lot of this uh, these ideas recently about <laughs> just standing in front of a truck. Yeah, it can't touch you. If, you if know, the truck kills you, the <laughs> the company is over. It's so funny because I was watching uh, Fast, the first Fast and the Furious last night because I haven't watched any of them. They're like eight oh yeah, or something. Was it eight or nine now? Yeah. And so Kristen, Kristen actually suggested it because her friends were putting pressure on, like, you haven't even seen one? And we were like, well, we should go watch the first one. And the opening scene is like the theft of a, of a tractor trailer of a truck. Mm-hmm. And they, it's like 10 motorcycles and they're using like <laughs> harpoons <laughs> into the truck. And they're trying to steal these like old CRT televisions and DVD players, like stuff that has... <laughs> Zero value. <laughs> and it's like yeah. it's considered like a big heist. Oh, so Blu-ray, funny. bro. But in the future, like Fast and the Furious would just be like a guy walks out with a coffee in front of a truck. <laughs> it's like, yeah, thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> yeah. And they probably have some worm virus and the the thing just opens up. <laughs> it just opens up. It's like, yeah. Yeah, but no um, for the action hero. It's interesting to me how uh, you, you would think if there was a, a single sign-on system like PayPal, any retailer could just participate and you could buy clothes on this website and you could buy coffee on another website and you right. could buy a table on another website. But that's not how it works. For some reason, we it, it well, works much better try- when you find everything are, at one place. People are trying to do that. So like uh, PayPal is definitely trying to do that. Uh, Visa is trying to do that. Apple's trying to do that. Apple Pay. I don't know yeah, but, but just think yet. about it. Like If you... If you, because some things that you buy are, f- are for fun, like mm-hmm. clothing, maybe toys or antiques. That's that's a like your wife right now is antique shopping. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be replaced by Amazon. But there's so yeah, many things that are was. extremely boring to buy, and then to have to go to separate websites for each of them. Yeah, that's, I mean that's just what worries me about software. That software gets better when it's a monopoly. I think you're making one false assumption though, which is that like shopping is util is for utility only. I think there are some people that enjoy shopping, you know, and they enjoy going from store to store, looking at the thing, touching the thing. Not yeah, but no, I, I think that's valid for clothing, but I don't think that's valid for uh, dish towels or Brita filters. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Where do you get most? What store do you get most excited to go to? I like shopping for suits. Okay. So, yeah, I, and know, I don't I hate, think that you can do that online. Yeah, because you have to look at yourself in it and whatnot. Yeah. But actually, Amazon's trying to do that, right? They Last week was the release of the Amazon Look, and it was oh, yeah. like yeah, a yeah, camera yeah. with Echo, and it could give you recommendations on what to wear and how good, how score your outfits. Well, then, um, then but, you get also to this point where standardization of brands gets really powerful. You're like, okay, I. I know this brand and I know my size and then I, I'll buy different colors that come out. So, Well, it's, in, it's interesting too, though, with that look, I was talking to a friend who's just about to start on the Alexa team. Should we explain what it is? Yeah, so the Amazon look is this like camera and they, they came out with another uh, product this week too. But it, it's a um, continuation of the Echo product. We should talk yeah, about that first. Yeah, okay. Do you want to talk about Echo first? You well, yeah, so I ha- I've never used one, but it's basically... S- uh, like Siri or like Cortana or like uh, Google Now, it's a voice assistant. But Amazon made a dedicated device. It's just a little speaker that sits in your living room, and you say, "Alexa, I need some more toilet paper," and it'll just order that. 
And it's part of this um, revolution around what they're calling passive computing, right? Ambient so, computing. Or ambient. Yeah, that's it. Ah, yeah. I got it wrong. <laughs> I, I, I was even putting in quotation marks. Yeah. <laughs> but ambient computing, yeah. Like So we have, So the idea that grabbing your phone is already too much effort. Oh, it's too much effort. I can't take yeah. it. <laughs> well, you're rem- removing friction is a very real and powerful thing. Like You can joke about it. but Oh, my God. Like the number of design review meetings I'm in where people are like, we just got to get rid of that friction. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's too much no, friction. No, but sometimes like, I'll, I'll, I'll look at products on websites and then there'll be 17 confirmation emails and you just give up. You're like, oh, no, never mind. <laughs> and you don't buy. So it's, it's a real thing. Like friction in shopping is a real thing. But think about the friction in a real store. You have to walk like or drive 30 minutes. You get into yeah, the store. Yeah, but there's store, a big trust issue with line. an online shop because you're like, do I... I think once you've committed to going into a store and you can touch the product, that it's very different psychology than like, I don't really need this book. Let me see it. Oh, no, I don't want to do another sign-in. Never mind. So what you're saying is actually it's closer to being at the store and like looking at something on the shelf and it's like, should I take it? Should I not take it? And in that brief second, no, it's, it's I think almost even like a little barrier a, comes up in front of the but shelf. But in the store, you've already made the decision to go to that store. So you're already mm. like, okay, I need something, so I'll go. But online, you're just browsing and you're like checking the weather and then you're like watching a movie and then you're like oh there's a book do i need this so but what's interesting then let's get back to the the echo is that you know it's listening all the time and it's like you know it's not just for shopping it's trying to it's trying to facilitate like basic stuff like knowing the weather it's voice computing yeah 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 which failed with siri i think early on because a it didn't either hear you correctly or you had to press a button you know so it wasn't and you had to like pull your phone out yeah, pulling your phone out, it's actually quite, there's quite a, uh, it's quite a lot of friction just around that, right? Mm-hmm. So, but you always have it in your hand. So. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have an Echo or a voice assistant in your house? No, I, and I have Siri turned off because it, it's a bit like command line computing where you have to memorize a lot of lines. A lot of people complain about that with the Alexa too. Uh, well, sorry, not with the, with the Echo. I always say Alexa, which is the ridiculous name for the person, the personal assistant. Uh, that there's keywords for all of these. So when, why they're skills. winning strategically is because they have this like skills engine, or they are the first personal assistant to allow other people to build on top of it, which I think and, is interesting. And the dream is that it's like Star Trek, where it, it, you just talk to the computer. Yeah, and, and like every week they release a newsletter that tells you all the new things that you get with this product, and it's always getting smarter. Whereas we had this impression that Siri is like, oh yeah, now I can like look at baseball scores. That took a year for the <laughs> Do you but use Siri? I just used it this morning to check the weather in a town that you know where Kristen was on her way to. But I, you know, like it'll always just be like a timer. I'll use it for timers, reminders. People use sometimes. it in the car, I think, when they're driving. I do. I use it to text in the car. Or, yeah. um, or but do call. you have a do you have an echo? No, they don't have it in Canada, which is ironic. Oh, so my, I was just mentioning like a friend of mine start to, is about to start working at Amazon here in Toronto because Amazon just opened an office. Well, they had an office, but they just expanded it to be like because they were doing the logistics here. Obviously, you can like still buy stuff on Amazon, but now they want Canada. Toronto is becoming this artificial intelligence center like the government of canada has invested 100 million 150 million in this new like ai center and all these big companies like it'll be Facebook like Mordor with the big eye of Sauron. <laughs> yeah and a lot of the science was being done here already at the universities and so it's becoming this like and like uber just put their, a big self-driving car thing though it seems like everywhere they have that here so amazon just opened their big ai center here and they're hiring 400 
engineers, which is a lot of people to just add, suddenly there's 400 job app, you know, job openings. And 400 so, smarty pants. Yeah. So like one of actually one of our best people is like, OK, I'm going. <laughs> I've been, uh, he had been working on like a, a bot uh, called Meeting Bot, which I, I don't mind plugging, which was kind of cool, like on Slack. Do you use Slack? Maybe we're getting too techy here, but Slack's like No, it's a, OK. We can have one of these episodes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm finally, it's finally technology day. <laughs> I'm celebrating. It's your birthday. <laughs> And there's like Slack's like interoffice communication. It's like MSN. For it's like chat for offices. business. Yeah, chat for chat. yeah, exactly. But he has a little bot you can talk to. You can have bots on Slack, and you can book a meeting. Like, hey, meeting bot, like book me a meeting in this room with these people, and be like, okay, do you need uh, me to do that for half an hour now? Anyway, you can have a conversation with it. So he's joining their team, and he was saying that the look uh, that we were just talking about, which is the next version of the Echo. Um, they came out last week. And it's, I, it's, I think, I, yeah, I want to explain a little bit. The, the, the regular Echo is like a cylinder, like a... Like an obelisk? An obelisk. <laughs> it, maybe like a pack of uh, oatmeal. It's, it's something of that size. Mm-hmm. And then the the look is like a standing camera with eight flashlights around it and that you put in your bedroom and you use it to take pictures of every look every morning. You're like, Alexa, take a picture of me. Yeah, and then this week actually they came out with the show, which is like a home intercom system, and yeah. has built an Alexa. It's like a it's like a an iPad on a stand with a speaker. Yeah. And simultaneously, a friend of mine who works at another company here called Ecobee this week they released light switches that have Echo built into them. So mm-hmm. like every light switch in your house, you can talk to. <laughs> yeah, like kind of funny. And my whole my whole um, take on all this stuff is that all this automation actually adds more problems than it solves. Mm-hmm. And, and no, for me I mean, personally, it be, like the light switch is such an efficient device. No, but it's not about turn. It's not like turn on. You can still use it like a regular light switch, but it also has a microphone and speaker in it. So you can talk to Alexa. So the idea is that Alexa would be all over your <laughs> yeah. mansion. If you're living in a mansion, Raf, and the Echo's downstairs in but the But that's already an, an inefficiency room. to live in a mansion. <laughs> I know, I know. We yeah. should all be living more like the Japanese. We know that's what the eventual trajectory and all this will come off sleep. Yeah. As long as Americans are living in bigger and bigger well, homes. I was talking to someone that... Um, I was not excited about VR. I was not excited about home automation. I was not excited about AI. And I was thinking, is that because I'm old? And he's like, no, actually, That's what I was thinking. a lot of people grew up in the 50s with this future vision of flying cars. And they really thought that would be the future. But that's an old-fashioned idea of the future. Yeah. And maybe the future is more smaller homes, less stuff, less reliance on uh, material gain. And um, so that... that that kind of futurism of, of flying cars is just old-fashioned. Well, if you and I are, are the future, and maybe that's a, <laughs> a fair or statement. Or a future, yeah. A, we're a future. We've both chosen to live in smaller homes with less stuff yeah. um, to, to reduce, I think, stress. But And I think a lot of, you, you read about a lot of other millennials doing the same thing. We're not technically, I'm not technically a millennial, but um, favoring experiences over things. Yeah. Um, and so... Maybe we won't need more devices that can connect us. To yeah, exactly. More it's a very it's a very materialistic solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how does it create a better experience? I don't know. I don't think any of those products do that. <clears throat> the the look he I was mean, saying. I, I, I haven't, I haven't the first my time story. I saw an Echo, I just I'm interrupting you, but you are. This is a classic example yeah, where I've yeah, been yeah. trying to tell but, this one but story. But he he had an Echo and he was excited. He got the light bulbs, and after three days, 
there was a f- security update and the light bulbs didn't work anymore and he was trying to fix it and he gave up. He's like, <laughs> the Phil- so the that's Phillips what I'm saying. Hue it just lights? adds more problems. Philips Hue lights, like those lights. Yeah. Change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I don't have my, my brother has that. I don't have anything. I mean, I only have like three lights in my house. If I turn one of them on, the whole light of the house is <laughs> be like, yeah. uh, Echo, turn on the light. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, the other one. Uh, but uh, what I was going to say is that, yeah, so the story that I was trying to tell earlier is that actually the look, which is like, you know, analyzing your outfit so you can share it with friends, get recommendation, know if you're on trend, is actually not, it's more of an MVP. So it's not actually what they want to sell. What the, it's just a really, they're trying to get enough data to solve a really hard problem, which is the problem that you expressed earlier in this podcast of how do you, how could I buy a suit in my own home? So I think we've alluded to this like I, before. I don't think that's it's no, 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 a prediction. It's not going to happen. But what they're saying is what their 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 technical problem is it's really hard to detect clothing. So how could we get people to buy something where we build a but huge But this is a Silicon Valley point of view because they don't have any sense of fashion. <laughs> they're like that's the all problem. the clothes like, look the same. Clothing is a problem. Let's solve it. And then uh, I'm also <laughs> surprised that we haven't gotten into disposable clothing yet. The people throw out underwear after one use. Like yeah. Yeah, that's true. That but maybe or maybe it dissolves just, into your body. You yeah. like consume it as protein. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I don't need to eat I, meals. I just absorb my underwear. I've tried buying clothes online, and there's a lot of services that are good with returns. But the feel of a fabric and the way the fabric is on your body is. Just, uh, you just set me up for the best like takedown, which is like you sound just like someone who says. I love the physical book, the feel of the page, the smell of the yeah. But you you're know, not wearing glue. a book. But you, the way you're talking about it is like this about the tactility of the thing. No, but it's I'm the same I, way people talk this about is, books. No, no, no. I disagree. Like I'm all Kindle. I hate physical books. I don't even like their smell. Mm-hmm. Um, every now and then I buy art books. I look at it three times and then I just give them away because I'd rather look on YouTube. But clothing, I've, I've bought stuff and it, it gets home and the sleeves are longer than you expected. The The color was not what you thought. It looked mm-hmm. different on the screen. It, it was suede when you thought it was uh, jeans or whatever. It's <laughs> it, it's like completely different than you expect. It, I'm saying if <laughs> I would see this... It sounds really fashionable. It sounds like a come to garçon. Like, yeah, uh, but I'm saying if I saw that in a store, that, that thing <clears throat> that I ordered, yeah. I would not have bought it for one second. And then oh. you order it because the picture looks cool online. <clears throat> yeah. No, I mean, I'm just saying this is the problem. They're, of course, they want to solve the way most of these huge companies operate because they have to provide a margin of growth year over year that's a ridiculous, right? So if, I, if an average company grows at 5% and you're making $12 billion a year, right? Like It's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, like you just have to make so much more money. So you can only go after huge markets. Like the reason everyone keeps talking about Apple being rumored to work on a car is because mm-hmm. for them to grow at the rate they're going, they have to look at like, what's the thing everyone in the world does that we're not doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, they're all driving. I'm surprised do Amazon that. doesn't do travel. You can't book uh, tickets on Amazon. Yeah, 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 you're right. It's maybe, well, apparently travel is notoriously thin margins. So they mm-hmm. would also look at the margin, like how much money can we make and yeah. a healthy margin I'm always told is like over 30% among software people or whatever. So The other thing that's <clears throat> interesting is that when a lot of companies that have monopolies start to be really bad, like mm-hmm. uh, internet ISPs, internet service providers, or th- things like that are notoriously bad customer service, but Amazon is really good at everything. 
I mean, are they though? Like, I find that their advertising is like among the la- most no, laughably bad. No, but the customer adver- experience. <laughs> okay. How is the, how is the well, experience for you when you order things, when you return things? And- I will say, here's one thing that they do well that no one else seems to have figured out: is that they're like. Okay, trends like design trends. They're like, nah, nah, not so yeah, much. exactly. Like, <laughs> we'll just like, we'll just make it so that it's basically we'll design for the ninety-year-old, yeah. <laughs> and it will work for everyone else. And I think for that reason, I always respect them because they seem to be like, even in their advertising, which I just said was shitty. It's really like it's so common denominator that it's like anyone can understand it. And even if you're like cringing at it, you're like, well, at least I understand the value. The, yeah, the feature yeah. benefit combination seems reasonable <laughs> at this price. Yeah, <laughs> there's like, like no. The logo is that shitty smile under the word Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so they're always optimizing. That, that really from- looks to me like a design student in 1994. <laughs> But I think that the way they evaluate one of their success criteria is like, it must be comprehension. Like, if yeah. people don't get because the, they know that it's three seconds and on inclusive. a website. inclusive. Everybody should feel welcomed. <clears throat> right. Like, it, because, yeah, uh, yeah it's Apple Walmart. is more like, yeah, Apple is like, uh, you're probably not cool enough for us. But it's Walmart. Like, no one ever yeah. says this, but like, Amazon is just a better version of Walmart. And like, mm-hmm. Walmart is also really crappy to its employees. Uh, you know, like it is about ninety year olds because they put them at the front door <laughs> for the career. <laughs> like, and when we're ninety, we're gonna be like, ah, oh, yes, there Walmart the trust, in, in the trusted Canada? quality of Amazon. Yeah, we have Walmart here. It's exactly yeah. the same as. In the US. And is it as? Did it have a big impact? Yeah, yeah. Like, is it, it the destroyed, same as in the U.S.? It destroyed a lot of the local uh, versions of it. Like yeah, because we can talk old. about that. There's there's terms like predatory pricing, or where Walmart will come into a new environment where there's a bunch of local shops and they will outprice them for two years until all the other shops are gone and then they raise the prices a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and uh, I, I saw a talk, uh, a market analysis about the big players and the online and Amazon basically has so much investment that they can lower a lot of prices even if they're not making money and uh, the speaker compared it to Amazon is a diver, but they just have a bigger oxygen tank than all the other divers, so they can keep going deeper and deeper till all the others have to go right. up and give up. Well, famously, it, they didn't make money for years, right? So yeah. uh, up until, I think, last year, when they just showed, they, after 10 years in business, they, they showed, it, more than 10 it, years, they showed their first quarterly profit. It's funny how um, competition online works and habits, habits are so powerful. So I'm, I have Amazon Prime. You never have to log in. You click on everything once, free delivery. And I would never consider creating a Walmart account, even if it offered 10% uh, discount compared to Amazon. But just the idea of creating another account. And Walmart is not such a cool company. But I'm trying to Mm -hmm. think of anybody else who could deliver all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I'm also thinking, like, and I don't know, like, if there's any connection here to... uh, I guess we've talked about it in previous... um, previous podcast that the connection to these big box retailers or Amazon is really the art fair. I'm thinking about, is there any mm-hmm. relationship at all to art? Well, and not only that, I think also a lot of artists will get their materials from Amazon or, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's and it's, true. it's kind of a manifestation of, of buying art on Instagram and the same problem where, um, okay. If I break it down, it, when you see art in real life, you see the texture, you see the feel of the work. When you see it on Instagram, the work might actually look way better than it is in reality. Mm-hmm. Same way that a lot of people will look more attractive on Tinder than they do on real life. Oh, I wouldn't know. <laughs> or Facebook or whatever. But um, 
What I mean is that there's the online persona, there's the online manifestation of art, which, and the the second part of it is that once you've seen the physical works of a certain type, like, mm-hmm. okay, I know this painter, I know the materials he or she uses, and then you see it on Instagram, you're like, okay, this is my brand, I can go with it, I can keep buying it. Mm-hmm. Same, if you're into Levi's jeans, you're like, okay, that's my size, if they come out with a new color... I can just buy it, no problem. And so you won't switch to other brands. And I think that's the same for art, where the, the big players keep getting bigger, because like, okay, I trust this artist. Mm. I just keep buying that. I know that the finished quality will always be good, and so if I only see it on Instagram, I'll still trust it. It's funny you say that. I've been like debating, I've, having an internal debate with myself whether I'm uh, an Amazon in art, like, uh, like a mini version of that, mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, uh, in the last few months, like... You know, you'll, you'll apply for a bunch of things, nothing comes in, then suddenly, like, everything's coming in, and you, and you have too much to do, and um, I definitely find myself in this position where I'm not making any more money, so uh, listeners may, not, you know, need not uh, worry, Jeremy is just as stressed and poor as ever, or whatever, but, <laughs> um, but suddenly, like, uh, people are like, oh, yeah, you should apply for this, uh, this prize, yeah, it's a $100,000 reward, or like, you should do this, and it's, well, we're, it, gonna, it, we're gonna do it, this crazy budget, like, I, I don't know. There's there an this- economics of scale there, like, once you've written your bio and resized all your images, applying for the next thing takes 10% of the work as applying for the first one. Right, and yeah, that's Once true. you get into the habit, you just have to make minor adjustments. I, whenever I speak to young artists, I tell them, don't apply for one grant and then tie oh, any God, emotional yeah. <laughs> outcome. Like any, any, don't think about the outcome. Whether you win or lose, just think of it as a lottery, but with a higher yeah. chance of winning than a regular lottery. And yeah. so it's free to enter this lottery. Mm-hmm. And if you, and if it's a one in a hundred chance you win, but you enter in a hundred, you're probably going to get one of them. But you might end up with 40 of them, and then you have a problem. Yeah, my old saying was like, one in ten, you're lucky if it, it, it'll, it'll land even when you're the best. Yeah, and no, uh, it it doesn't have anything to do with the quality of your work. It, it it's all like, does it fit? Because uh, mm-hmm. the there's a there's a committee there that they're like, okay, well, yeah, last time we gave it to a performance artist, so probably this year it's better to do someone who's working with works on paper, mm-hmm. and maybe that year you were submitting works on paper. Totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, this week there was a thing where it's like I just agreed to something in passing. Like, yeah, can we put your name on this application for this? Like, and it was for like a like a Nuit Blanche like event mm-hmm. uh, here in Toronto, which is like a big like all night thing. I actually not a huge fan of it, but anyway, uh, they're probably listening. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, but then, uh, so I like let it go, and it was with this great other artist. She she actually asked if I could work with her. This, uh, um, Canadian artist named Divya. I won't go into her full name. Actually, I won't go into all the details of this thing. But basically, they came back and they're like, "We don't like. We don't want that. What you proposed. We actually want you to do like it ten times bigger, and it'll be the main thing, like in the center of the city. And we're going to increase the budget by ten times." And we're like, "Oh shit! <laughs> like, <laughs> I, do I do I even want to do this?" Yeah. But uh, it's definitely like. Bec- and I was thinking about like why would they do that well at a certain point like and this happened earlier this year you, you've done it enough times that it's like an easier thing for them to choose this is where I think there's comes a trust Amazon. yeah it's the same trust thing yeah, like, yeah the f- we know the f- that he'll deliver he'll be on time he's a nice person he works well with technology that won't yeah. fail 
he doesn't get angry. Okay, great. Let's work with it. Yeah. So the risk, and it's this is what it all comes down to. Like the it's people are always just like controlling risk. Yeah. And the risk with Amazon is relatively low, right? That's yeah. what you're thinking. Yeah. And and there's there's a thing. I always say success is exponential. So it, someone who's three steps ahead of you is not one, two, three. It's three, nine, twenty-seven. It's mm-hmm. it, you know, it's, it's very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, no, I don't, no. I, I've spoken a lot. Exponential, exponential yeah. is so hard to, for humans to fathom. Just your brain to understand. <laughs> it's it, primitive brains. <laughs> yeah, we we just think like there's a hill and you walk up the hill. No, it's <laughs> it's like a few steps and you're in infinity. I think if you're very lucky, but I think yeah, also yeah. It, well, that's the other part of exponential. Like some people, that's what I'm saying. Like one step ahead, you get a better photographer for your show, so your documentation looks better. Mm-hmm. Then when you apply for another grant, they're like, "Whoa, that looks great." We should. Then you get a better publicist and a better critic, and then there's a better publisher for your book, and all of a sudden, you, it, yeah. it looks to the people behind you, it looks like so many steps ahead, but it's just. I mean, of course, there's a counterbalance to that. I think that's not true for everyone, and there are different social groups that are more or less advantaged. And I mean, that's one of the reasons, like, why I'm always. I know you you critique me for focusing on others, but I always feel like if I could just get them, give get them like skip them ahead ten steps, mm-hmm. like if I could just help like run alongside them, like yeah. give them a yeah, boost yeah. in their car, that once they get going, they can't stop. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's just like it's usually those first few years, like those first hurdles, right? Yeah, that are the hardest. But anyway, but the same I think for any competitor to Amazon, it just feels like, what do we even do? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you would. Well, one, so you're in the United States, and for our non-United States listeners, there is a company and a bunch of venture capitalists that got together and they thought, oh, Amazon, eh? I think we could do that. We could do that better uh, because we have more money, uh, or we have as much money, and we're just going to hire a great branding agency. This happened, or you're you're speculating? No, this happened. Okay. And uh, it, <laughs> obviously, it wasn't a success because you have you not heard of Jet.com? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. No. <laughs> and then there's there's other categories. Where there's something like IKEA, and there's just no player at that level. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. IKEA is like the Amazon of furniture, right? Except yeah. they're not online. They have like zero online. And I've always felt like they've they've you, moved a little bit online. A you, little bit, can, but yeah. it's. It, it's similar to this like there's this big company here in Canada that's kind of like it started as like a hardware store but then it's like an everything store called Canadian Tire so Canadian it's like why would I go to a store that's like called uh, it's talking about tires to buy my like Mm -hmm. I don't know my groceries or whatever (laughs) anyway but (laughs) but it exists and it's somewhat what's still popular despite having zero online shopping experience. In fact, if you go to their website, you can just download a PDF of the week's flyer, like the paper yeah, flyer. Yeah, yeah. And some, I'm like, how? I are like they, those local competitors. But you're like, how are they doing? <laughs> how <laughs> are it, they still around? In the in the Netherlands, you also have some weird options. Like eBay is not that big, and there's a thing called marketplace mm-hmm. and the design is really quirky and uh, it feels antiquated <laughs> but it works and you find cool stuff because it's not global mm-hmm. and well, then reminded, there's there's people are still going to ebay and costco too right like yeah or not ebay sorry uh costco and sam's club they are going to ebay but and then the netherlands i think i'm not sure if it's the government keeping amazon out but there's no official Amazon.nl. You can order stuff on the German Amazon and on the UK mm-hmm. Amazon, and it'll be in Dutch language. But it's not; it doesn't have the full 
Oh, really? Uh, Amazon it's not a full experience. experience. It's funny yeah, too. So because... it, let me finish. <laughs> no, <laughs> all right. Okay. No, but my parents always ask me to bring stuff from the U.S. because there's a lot of stuff on Amazon U.S. that mm-hmm. uh, you can't order. Mm-hmm. And so there's some local vendors. There's uh, bol.com, mm-hmm. and then there's a clothing, uh, a specialized clothing reseller that will do a thing where you can order. A bunch of stuff, like if you want to order 15 pairs of pants in different sizes, you just order that, and then you send them an email, and an hour later, someone will come and pick up the stuff you don't want. Oh, okay. That's something that, I, I think this is something that you can't do at a big scale, and they're just trying it out in a small country. Yeah, I think so, we talked about this previously in the in the Netherlands, there are all these like cooperative kind of like sharing. Well, this is not a co-op. This is a big commercial. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a very um, it's a large commercial. There's nothing idealistic about it, but <laughs> okay. it's, I think maybe for investors, this is like okay, this is a small Western country, and we can try what mm. we can just measure things, even if we lose money, we just see. But I know a lot of people who will just order mm. 15 pairs of shoes and then take one and send 14 back. Yeah, I guess Canada's often the same way with its com- like just try trying out different kinds of models or product uh, experiences. But with Amazon here, we have a similar situation to what you're describing where like if you are a prime subscriber in the United States, I think you get like free books, free diapers, free You get video. the Amazon video which you, the interface get- is so bad that I never use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we're just like praising their interface, but you're right. Uh, no, for Canada, video, it's really weird. But you get like, a, there's like a ton of things that you get. One day delivery, da da da. Like, yeah, and they keep yeah, adding yeah. to it. It's you ridiculous. A, you're like, how does this make any sense? <laughs> in Canada, I remember for the longest time, you would get two day delivery and uh, free diaper delivery. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the the prime it was like no video no books like and i was like what why like how did they how does that value it was the same price but there's a there's a weird thing about amazon that more than uh apple or google or facebook i feel like it's it's deconnecting me from the world like Mm -hmm. um so if there's an awkwardness in shopping especially with clothing it's just a weird feeling when you go into a shop so they know that and then if you can get rid of that of that awkward feeling and people can just shop at home and order 15 pairs of pants and keep a few mm-hmm. uh, okay awkwardness done but that's like less interaction with humans then there's a you're not going to visit stores anymore and then voice computing is this other part I was talking to a friend who just has a child and he's like is my kid going to grow up with ambient computing with a computer that's always friendly and then they go to school and the kids are mean which is a normal part of becoming a human. I think this human. is what's interesting, right? Is like if the voice thing got so good, like so one of the reasons why retail, and this is true for art too, still exists, is because you can, if you have a question or if you need help, you can quote unquote talk to someone, a friendly mm. sales staff. Like I know there's like a design store in here in Toronto. Well, the, the ideal version of that is the old bookstore where they're like, oh, you should check out this book. It just got in. I'm sure you'd <clears> love it. Yeah, that kind of editorialization. It helps you. And like, I don't know if you're the type that asks for help, but like I, when it's high end design, I do this. Like I've talked to sales agents and I don't think of it as like sleazy for some reason in that space. Like they're not usually pressuring me. Like the last time I bought a bed from Design Within Reach, the guy was like, oh yeah like don't buy your mattress here you should go to this other place and I was like thank god he's like he's trustworthy he's not but there's, <laughs> no but there's a weird thing there's a really high end uh, stereo store here nearby 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm having a hard time remembering whether I told these stories or not. But you have told I, this story, yeah. yeah. And then you sit down for half an hour and you decide you don't want it. It's kind of an awful feeling. Like this mm. guy just spent half an hour wooing you, and you're like, ah, never mind. I don't know. Like I'm getting my hair cut later today, and the only re- I'm going to pay more than I should. But the only reason I'm going back is because I like Jay. Like Jay, if you're listening, yeah. like I'm actually paying to hang out with you. Like, but not because he cuts the hair better than other people. Yeah, he cuts it just as well. Like it's like the difference is like I value relationships right like Mm -hmm. and that's why I think the voice thing is kind of interesting because like if the voice and of course we've all seen like her uh, Spike Jones's film about a relationship with one of these voice assistants but like if the voice assistant got good enough like here's the it's a question it's a speculative question that you couldn't tell the difference or what if it was based on the characteristics of your best friends and, I, yeah. and again I'm giving away great ideas here Amazon I hope you're taking this <laughs> then, then would you trust it to make a purchasing decision so if if Raf if you were my Alexa like if I was like hey Raf and you're like hey what's up and you're like should I wear yeah. this shirt today and you're like nah but if I'm you look a, at you it if you look at the that online AI friend beyond retail even but mm-hmm. just that it, people are mean and people have selfish interests but this well, we'll AI we'll start programming them that in that'll yeah, be part of it yeah, but I, I think, like, when you think of kids going to a school, it's terrifying. You're, like, surrounded by kids, and they fight, and they spit, and whatever. But you also make incredible friends. Mm. I but then if you replace that with, like, oh, I have five, I have Siri, and I have Alexa, and I have Google, and they're all nice to me all the time. And everything mm-hmm. I do, they say, wow. But that's, that's why so there's this really scary world of, like, um, hybrid uh, AI, right? Where there's a human behind the scenes that's kind of like coaching the AI or mm. filling in the blanks. And you're never sure who's answering. Is it the computer or the human? And, <laughs> you know, once we're all out of a job, we're all going to be like mechanical Turks in behind, like coaching, like making, you're going to sell as an artist, you're going to sell personality, right? Like I often tell the, yeah. the story to art, to designers, young designers that come to me. And I'm like, look, I know you're great at visual design. You're great with typography. Guess what? Typography doesn't exist in 15 years <laughs> and you're going to be designing personalities and it's going to be like, how I would Gwyneth Paltrow say this? I think we were talking about that last this? episode. That were we? Art education is really... Your- trying to get the personality forward yeah oh yeah yeah that's a great way of thinking about it right and so it's going to be your unique point of view your personality that that's going to be what has value or your ability to like create a character <laughs> or you're funny. basically you to, a casting agent you go to art school and you're like oh i, I just love colors and like and then you go there and the person no 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 you you have to be the coolest person ever that's right yeah you have to be like this is the thing though right like and if you look you at have the to most be you re- but who am i there's a cult of personality that's always existed. I don't think it's good necessarily, right? But like, hey, Madonna couldn't... Oh, we did talk about this, right? Like, why does J-Lo have a perfume? Well, J-Lo should have a personal assistant or will, I think, like, in, mm-hmm. in a decade or so. Yeah, you already yeah, yeah. saw this happen with GPS. Remember with, like, in-car GPS? Oh, like, yeah. You the voice of James Earl voice. Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah Schwarzenegger yeah. voice. <laughs> and that, that was, like, early evidence that people will buy personalities in the future. Yeah, um, yeah there's also a lot of sci-fi books of people buying faces or looks like oh i want to tonight i'm wearing my gwyneth paltrow face and tomorrow i'll wear my j-lo face and then the oh, beyonce face that's amazing yeah. <laughs> it's also so then terrifying. you could also maybe inject a bit of personality it's like oh it, it, like the same way people will use adderall or other psychiatric drugs to overcome mm-hmm. shyness or awkwardness you might inject a bit of personality it's like oh i need a little bit of schwarzenegger today yeah, I think it's like really interesting. Not, I don't, I don't believe it'll be great. It'll probably there's like tons of problems with that. It would take us a whole episode to unpack that. But basically, like, 
it gets you to question who you are, what your authentic voice is, you know, like yeah. how you operate. And I think, I mean, that's going to be why, if we go back to the retail thing, like you're still going to go, you're st- you're, it reminds me, when I was in, uh, when I was young, my first job was actually as a research assistant that I was underqualified for. I was like a PhD research assistant when I was 18. Mm-hmm. And the reason I got the job is because I had the lowest grade of anyone who applied for the job. <laughs> we want that yeah. perspective. Yeah, it was one of those classic moments where like, oh, why did you apply? You must be a genius. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I remember like one You're of the, right, uh, Jeremy. the, <laughs> the main finding of, uh, of this research was that it was about telepresence and telepresent work. And at the time, it was really mostly phone conversations. But did, did people at the time think that was the future? Yeah, groups of people were going to work in the suburbs, right? But they weren't yeah. going to drive into the center. It's like it, the commute times were getting higher and higher. Of course, we know they're yeah. ridiculous now. So, and and there are whole companies, including, um, you know, Probably ones still that you working know and love. on this. Yeah, 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 that are, yeah. And there's lots of softwares built like across the internet now. So, but this was before that was really a thing. But still, people were finding different ways to communicate. But once a month, every group in every study group that they had found a way to meet in person no matter how far apart they were and they a would like up. go yeah they would do a, yes a meetup and it would be like at a tim hortons or a mcdonald's it'd be some some crappy place um but there was it didn't matter where it was but they had to be in front of one another and so that and it for was that exciting because they had been uh, talking online for a month yeah and we've talked about this in previous episodes with your like byob nights and stuff like that but you know yeah it was really it, it was really important to, for them to see each other face to face and it was really exciting so I think that the center, the city, the, the re, maybe it won't be stores in the center of our cities. Maybe it'll be Apple Genius Growth. <laughs> yeah, or just social spaces that you social spaces you, exactly. You, you become a member of a, a social space and you you pay. It's like a gym membership, but then the space is just. I mean, WeWork is kind of doing this. Yeah, but I hear I'm more hopeful in that, and I hear a lot of this, at least locally here, a lot of rhetoric around like a return to the public park. As something yeah. that we should invest in, as people yeah, like, I think that is very contingent on the climate of the the weather. But like in some countries, that will work better than others. Right. Well, maybe you could do indoor parks or something like that. But yeah. I think you already see a desire for it in the form of a coffee shop where everyone goes to work together. Yeah, you know, and I think then the, it, the the interesting. I want to do a little segue, but there's an interesting thing when you want to extrapolate the present and predict the future, and you're mm. often so wrong. So. Yes. We thought of Microsoft like, oh, in, in 20 years, like we'll be driving Microsoft cars and we'll live in Microsoft buildings. They're going to own the future. Mm-hmm. And there were antitrust issues because they were pushing their own browser, which nowadays seems <clears throat> really yeah. mild compared to how sticky other services are. That's true. It's true. They were like, they're actually good guys back then. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, you're trying to get people to use Internet Explorer. And now it's like you can't even write another HTML renderer for a platform. It's like not even allowed. But they have a new computer actually now where yeah. they won't let you use anything except yeah, Internet yeah, yeah. Explorer. But anyway, it's an inside thing. They haven't lost But But so extrapolating like, Uh, Amazon is going to dominate ambient computing and retail and there's not going to be shops anymore. There's going to be another player that is just that redoes retail in such a smarter way that maybe is more empowering to individuals. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, like hopefully that I don't know. That that would be the most awesome outcome where they're like, "Okay, we've figured out logistics on a huge scale, but now we're actually going to do it so the individual resellers get a much bigger cut and they make more money and that creates a better customer experience. I mean, I think that that experience already exists and like the future is always, you know, exemplified by um, 
like just looking at hi- I think hi- some hints in the present for a desire but yeah it, there should be seeds planted yeah like store like I mentioned the apple grove thing that's a bit of a joke but it's also their speculation on how the future will operate but if you look in like at Nordstrom's or any of the high-end retail they they try and sell you ex- experiences they're trying to do with I guess what the bookstores tried to do to compete against Amazon create mm-hmm. experiences for well, we see how that worked out it didn't work out well but it like i think that the insight is true as i stated earlier that people find will look for meeting places and if they're not offered socially like or publicly by their government then they'll find a way to like you know of course capital will find a way to take advantage of that i don't think that that's such a like wild speculation i think it's held true that there's been a town center which was just like some cobblestones in a circle for hundreds of years, right? The, this, the same lecturer who was talking about Amazon having a bigger oxygen tank, he also mentioned that pure play doesn't work. Uh, the idea that being a 100% online retailer, people mm-hmm. still need a physical connection to the brand. Yeah. And that that's why Amazon is venturing into Amazon lockers and, and Amazon stores. and um, These crazy stores where you walk in and walk out with the, the food. Yeah, or, which apparently didn't work that well, but... <laughs> Amazon's not afraid to fail, so they definitely try stuff. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if that is actually a thing that people can't trust a purely online bank or a purely online uh, real estate agent or that they still need a... F- it seems a lot of things work fine when they're 100% online. Yeah, you know, I often ask myself the question. We're, we're, we're kind of like... like it would be funny if Netflix opened up some movie theaters. I think, yeah, I mean... It, the interesting thing is we've kind of this podcast has spiraled uh, Amazon is so like if I could say one thing is that it's so broad what it's trying to do even though yeah, it all like comes back to shopping it's like an octopus with 500 tentacles yeah this has become a very disorganized podcast but I think like I don't know it, it, it's one of those things where uh, it's just, it, it, you're right it's a company that's wildly experimenting and uh doesn't seem to be afraid to just destroy everything but I guess the one question I have at the end of the day is like and I often ask myself this and I think you do too is like whether or not I'm better I feel better about myself or my life is happier today than it was like 10 years ago but I guess it's impossible to tell because so much has changed about everything well Um, I I I think uh, there's a lot of companies like you don't want to fly United right now I I was booking a ticket and it was $50 cheaper but I'm like nah never mind Oh, just because like, it's like it's one very thing easy after to it. switch. This is going to be a scorpion that, that stings me or something. <laughs> yeah, it's just very easy to switch. Like in a mm-hmm. in a drop down menu, should I fly United or Delta? Even if it's fifty bucks more, I'll fly Delta. Right. But with Amazon, it's like it's the shopping operating system, and it, to switch is very painful. Yeah, I'm well, exaggerating, but no, 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 you're right. Painful, and there's this this idea of loyalty. Apparently, in, you know, in software, it should be low, and among millennials, loyalty is lower than any other generation. Like previously, our parents would have been pretty loyal to a store, but our parents' parents were like, "Gotta go to Sanigans. Sanigans is the only place with the quality I need." You know, <laughs> plus I have this relationship with the guy at the counter. I drive he gives a Buick me the best every cuts. five yeah. years. I buy yeah, a Buick. Exactly. Yeah. Those people at Buick, they're good people. Good people working hard <laughs> for good money. <laughs> <laughs> But like, apparently, our generation is a, a lot less like that. So we're like, yeah, I mean, what's the best deal? But they're not commodity. What, what would make you switch Amazon to another to to another service? It would, yeah. It would ha- yeah. Like I think it's the combination you mentioned, and this is true of any retail experience. So if you're designing a website, this is true too. You need the combination of trust, third party assurance, right? Like security, well, also all those offerings. Things. Yeah, you also you have need have like good value, right? And you have to have a fair price. Um, yeah. And hopefully, I think the newest variable in the mix is like 
And this is the thing Amazon still rubs up against, still struggles with, I think, a little bit. And Uber is like, you have to be not a horrible growth <laughs> focus, like destroy the world at all costs company. Did you see that picture of, of Bezos in this sort of uh, robot that he... Yes. You, there's <laughs> a lot of video. movies where, you, where you're sitting in a robot and you control the big arms and the big legs. It's yeah. like, I don't know why, how he let that happen. Like why we would cast That does not look good. It's like, evil oh, this villain. is a new overlord. Yeah. He looks like an evil villain. And I think, you know, you always hear that Amazon is really evil inside. I, 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 I don't know. I'm just surprised that you use Amazon because you're such an idealist and you want the world to be better and you'll you'll go very I mean it, uh, this is not a diss but it's just, my mom is very idealistic she says oh Monsanto is terrible we should only eat organic and then she's like can you bring me some stuff from Uniqlo those <laughs> pants are so comfortable is that a and you shop at Uniqlo as well and you know that when the price is that low there's something awful going on right you're right and I just want cheap denim that's all I care about yeah <laughs> great look yeah. for a cheap price and you could definitely if you look online there's like local uh, organically grown cotton not too much water use in the production and etc but yeah, you're in, every I time mean, you're in New York you come I, I see you you have a Uniqlo bag you're nailing like one of my like life crises though in general or like my, my solution to this is just say yeah I'm an asshole so deal with it <laughs> I just don't think that's a fair solution. <laughs> I would like to try. I think if you don't try... But maybe I, this is a challenge of you finding a, a better company than an Amazon. I don't know. I grew up, my mom said, like, you can you can fail at something, but you have to try. And even if you fail, you have to keep going, keep trying. And at the end of the day, if I still fail to be a good person, I try mm-hmm. to be a good person, and I'm going to try harder. But I'm, I, I think it's an interesting thought experiment. If mm-hmm. if if you don't like Uber, you can use Lyft or local taxi services. I can't use Lyft. They don't have it here in Canada. Okay. But what would be an option if you are a busy person and you don't want to spend a lot of time going to boring stores? What, what would be your option? Well, I think the great thing in most cities is a, there's a market, just like there was hundreds of years ago, that's usually pretty good price. Amazing quality is actually off the charts compared to the big grocery stores. No, I'm not talking about food. Huh? Yeah, for clothing. No, for for everything else, for like cables, like boring stuff that you don't. Oh, wanna... cables. Yeah, so Ca- much of the world requires like an industrial production kind of cycle, and it requires all that tailorism, all that like scientific study yeah. to make it more efficient. You know, I guess the someone at work this week, and we're way over time, but maybe this is interesting to people at this point. I don't know. Someone was proposing that, like, this. there's this Marxist, even Marx believed that eventually, and this is like, uh, I hate, this is like kind of Ray, Ray Kurzweil kind of uh, rhetoric, but like, eventually technology will reach the point where it's so good, there's so much automation, um, things are so cheap, because, you know, whenever you say, oh, the labor conditions are terrible, replace that, um, the labor conditions are terrible with, like, the robots are really efficient. And mm-hmm. you, uh, so the idea is, whenever that happens, once we get to that point where we've removed all pain, automated all pain, you just automate pain. Take pain out of the equation, automate yeah. it. Yeah. That's what software companies aim to try and do. That we'll live in this utopia where basically we're all in that park I said we're going to want really badly. And the robots are going to be feeding us grapes. And it's like this vision of like some Greece, like Greek Greek kind of like God's future mm-hmm. where we're all lounging and our robots are serving us. Now, the argument I made, this guy was actually, uh, this is a, a friend in a tech company. I was like, you know, what? You're, before that happens, because capitalism doesn't function that way, you're going to have to kill people every few years. <laughs> Because you're going to need to like you're going to need to generate some you know you're going to need to steal money from them. And there's going to be no way to generate new. Yeah, I mean, there's a funny thing with efficiency is that 
it doesn't create more free time. It just makes everything faster. Yeah, it will be the only when there's no labor to expropriate. So capitalism is built on the idea that you take a little bit off the top of every labor hour, right? The profit, yeah. right? But if you automate all that labor, now you have to steal from people. The only way to steal from people is to kill them or fraud them. But someone has to lose. So mm. like, eventually well, I, I think we're going to be in these... If you look at the history, I, I think clothing is much cheaper than it was 100 years ago, proportionate mm-hmm. to people's income. But uh, rent and, and price of houses has gone up a lot. So mm-hmm. that's where you can steal, uh, if you want to call it that. But already, consumer goods are, are way cheaper than they... Think of a big TV. That's mm-hmm. so cheap now compared to what it was. But now rent is just ginormous, and healthcare is ginormous, and education is expensive. So th- I think that's where they're really... Yeah, I mean, there's two paths we can take. You know, in one in one path, there's like it's like Elysium that movie, and there's going to be like a satellite planet, and everyone on Earth is just going to be like killing one another. <laughs> and the other path is like the one I'm trying to speculate is possible, but you know, I never get like not that many people come along with me, which is one where it's more like the open source movement where we're kind of freely exchanging mm-hmm. and we're doing well, it for some it, common good. But not only if it was for a common good, but if it empowers a lot more people that. They're like, oh, I'm going to stop reselling on Amazon and I can offer things for a lower price if I connect directly on this open source retail platform. Yeah. It's funny because this week I did become, I was waiting for the end of the podcast, which I think we had to wrap up on, but I became an official Amazon retailer this week uh, <laughs> <laughs> just as an experiment. And all you, I did to you do opened it, your little, little shop on the Death Star. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, shouldn't I have a spot here? Yeah. Um, but I was doing it on behalf of other artists. Like I wanted to sell other artists' work through Amazon. Mm-hmm. As for something uh, coming up, and I, all I had to do was upload my passport and like my social security number, and promise them a whole bunch of stuff. But I had you're to, a reseller. Like, now I'm a reseller. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Uh, and Amazon has all my identity information. Should I ever make a mistake, <laughs> they've got my life. <laughs> Jeremy, do not do that. <laughs> Alexa is like, uh, excuse me, I believe you have a pre-existing condition <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, precludes exactly. you from purchasing this product. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I guess we're there's a lot more to talk about, but that's all the time we have for today. Well, I guess uh, that's what the next episode is for. That's right. Thank you for listening. Wait, are we? Do we have a field recording? We do. Of uh, well, we haven't talked about it beforehand, but there's oh, one I that, did, yeah, I don't know. There's the one that came in from uh, Korea, from ah, South yeah, Korea, yeah, yeah. and it's um, it's interesting because hang on, let me look it up uh, so I get this right. Uh, it's uh, someone who is on the bus. And uh, Che and Che, if I'm mispronouncing your name, I really I apologize. C H A E. Che uh, said, "I was on the bus listening to the Good Point podcast, and when something interesting happened, uh, and he and he just started recording right away. And basically, he, there's uh, you know political there's elections happening in Korea, and there was a candidate uh, that was like." leading a, a group it's very chaotic actually I asked him for more explanations he was near Gwangwangmun Square which I obviously <laughs> I don't know if I pronounced that correctly I think there's a tradition in Asia of uh, people standing on trucks with a microphone and uh, uh, yeah he said it was very typically Korean and I was like oh. I've seen it in Korea and I've seen it in Japan people will drive around and just I think also in South America it's like speakers on a pickup truck and a guy sitting in the back going like we need better health care yeah it sounds pretty cool um, so the he, he said if there's Korean listeners they're definitely going to get what's going to go what's happening and they're going to laugh but it's it's really nice to know people are connected to the podcast in different cultures 
Yeah, it's super, super cool. Um, and the audio is a mixture of candidates, campaign songs, and then protesters protesting. And then he said something about an old light lady that's yelling and swearing at them. <laughs> so he said it was like a crazy thing. And I listened to the audio and I was like trying to, you know, get the narrative. But um, I don't know. I encourage you to try and figure it out yes. as well. Thank you for sending it in. Yeah, thank you so much, Shane. And it's uh, Cheyong. So uh, thank you. See you next week. Thanks, bye. Send in your send in your